All right, good morning. Good morning. Whew, you guys are responsive. You know, in Bartlett, when I say good morning, I get like three people responding. And uh, so here's what, I, here's what Pastor Craig tells me, that you are one of the most responsive groups ever. Um, greetings in behalf of all of those at the Village Church of Bartlett. Um, I just want to tell you guys, on the front end, um, I've been praying for you for one specific thing for almost every day now for the last two months. Um, I've been praying that God would give you guys the privilege to find a facility or a building that allows you to grow. Because when I was here last time, do you remember um, what I asked you? You said, What's, what is your vision? If God could do something for the Village Church here, what would it be? And one of the things you guys had said is that, that you would be able to find a location that maybe even gave you the visibility to be on the street. Um, because that, that's a whole new level of visibility and opportunity to be present in your community. And uh, so I've been praying for that. Um, second, I've been praying for the other thing you guys shared with me was that um, people would meet Jesus and they would meet Jesus um, they would hear about God's love for them um, through each of you guys, and so that people would come to faith in Jesus Christ, and their lives would be changed. So those are two big things that I've been praying for for you all, and uh, I just appreciated last time hearing your vision for this place, and uh, I am so, so grateful for all of the energy and love uh, that you guys put into making Village Church East awesome. It's a lot of work to set up in the morning, isn't it, Tony? Right? Amen on that one? All right, uh, before we get going, I, I have a question. Um, if you are a veteran, I know we have one, but if you're a veteran, would you just stand? Por favor. Do we have another one? Stay standing. Do we have another one over here? No? We're good? Um, so for you two, I mean, this, is, this might be a little weird, but genuinely, thank you um, for serving our country. And uh, we appreciate each of you guys. And uh, you never know what you're going to be called into. Even just enlisting um, opens up a whole world of possibilities of what the Lord may bring you into. You can't control what our government does, our country does, but you submit to follow them. And even if it means giving up your own life, and that's a huge sacrifice. So on behalf of all of us here, we live in the greatest country in the entire world. And it's because of men like you and women, not like you, but women, who fight and, uh, and are willing to put their lives in line. So I want to say on behalf of all of us, thank you. We love you guys and appreciate you very much. Let's give another round of applause. I was sharing with Tony that my dad uh, is in the, he was in the army during the time of Vietnam and uh, he always wears his army hat. And uh, I love because uh, most of the places he goes, people will give him half off in his meal, but it's really beautiful just to see that there still is, even though there's some weirdness in our country, there still is um, an enormous amount of respect and, and uh, appreciation for everything that, that you guys do and so many hundreds of thousands of other men and women right now. So um, here's what I wanna do. I wanna pray and we're gonna get into the Sermon on the Mount. Let's pray together. Father, um, thank you for your word. Thank you for not leaving us stranded. Thank you for not leaving us groping for truth. Uh, Lord, if it were not for your word and your revelation to us, we would have no idea what your name is. We would have no idea what your heart is. We would have no idea why we're here. We could surmise and come up with fairy tales at best, but Lord, you broke through all of our intellectual and philosophical and scientific chaos and brought clarity to the most important questions that the human heart could ever ask. Lord, you tell us why you made us and what makes our hearts come alive and what hurts us. You've told us what our destiny is if we would only trust in Jesus Christ. You've revealed to us the way of salvation. You've told us why everything in this world is so messed up. Um, and so, God, we're just really grateful. So when we have this privilege to come under the authority of your word, we don't take this lightly. And um, we ask that you would do what you do best. Would you encourage us? Would you transform us? Would you change us? 
Um, Lord, would you convict us? Some of us in this room, there are some things that your Holy Spirit needs to work on uh, and, and you're gonna convict us. And so God, I pray there would be this overwhelming sensitivity to that. Um, Lord, in summary, would you form Jesus in us? Would you make us more like, more like Christ? And uh, Father, thank you for giving us the Sermon on the Mount as well. Jesus, thank you for preaching the greatest sermon that has ever been preached. Um, I know for me personally, for Pastor Craig, um, it is so personal. It just We're not able to get away from this sermon and not be personally convicted and challenged. So God, um, pray you do that this morning. We love you. And now we come under your word with great expectation because your Holy Spirit is in us. In Jesus' name, amen. Man, I want to read to you the story of Mr. and Mrs. Thing. Ready? Mr. and Mrs. Thing are a very pleasant and successful couple. At least, that is the verdict of most of the people who tend to measure success with a thingometer. When the thingometer is put to work in the life of Mr. and Mrs. Thing, the result is startling. There is Mr. Thing sitting down on a luxurious and very expensive thing, almost hidden by a large number of other things. Things to sit on, things to sit at, things to cook on, things to eat from, all shiny and new things, things, say it with me, things. Things to clean and things to wash with and things to clean and things to wash and things to amuse and things to give pleasure and things to watch and things to play. Things for the long, hot summer and things for the short, cold winter must be a different uh, state of the country he lives in. Things for the big thing, things for the big thing in which they live and things for the garden and things for the deck and things for the kitchen and things for the bedroom. And things on four wheels and things on two wheels and things to put on top of the four wheels and things to pull behind the four wheels and things to add to the interior of the thing on four wheels. Things, things, things. Sadly, things do what things do. Things that can't last. Things inevitably pass. Oh, maybe an error in judgment, maybe a temporary loss of concentration, or maybe you'll just pass them off to the secondhand thing dealer. Or maybe they'll wind up a mass of mangled metal being towed off to the thing yard. And what about the things in your house? Well, it's time for bed. Put out the cat. Make sure you lock the doors so some thing taker doesn't come and take your things. And someday, when you die, they only put one thing in the box. You. Turn with me, Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And this is the Sermon on the Mount. And, ooh, we're good. In the Sermon on the Mount... <clears throat> Jesus is training his disciples for a brand new way of life. Um, there were cultural values that the religious leaders, the Jews had, they trained them in, they trained the masses on. Unfortunately, these values were not consistent with the heart of God. So I wanna share with you a, a few really important um, things to distinguish um, in this new life. Number one, in this new life that Jesus is offering, perfection is not required of you. Can I get an amen in the room right now? Amen. amen. Because you would never be a part of his kingdom or this way of life if that's what was required. Uh, it's not required of you, but it is required. And Jesus was perfect for his people because he knew we would never be able to be perfect on our own. Number two, entrance into this way of life, <clears throat> entrance into this kingdom is actually not in the typical way that you would think that God would require entrance. Entrance into this kingdom, into this way of life, into this way of Jesus, is through one word, confession. Now, there are two things you need to confess to be given entrance, and here's the first one. You have to confess your imperfection. 
And so if you are broken, not okay, a sinner, duplicitous, manipulative, etc., if you are somebody who does drugs and messes around and does things that you would never want anybody to know about, are you a prime candidate to enter into Jesus's new way of life? And of course, the answer is you can respond. Craig said you're good. Yes. Good. Uh, entrance is through number one, confession of sin, and number two, confession of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God. Jesus is Savior. Jesus who died on the cross for your sins. If these are two things you confess, if you are a broken person who confesses Jesus is God, you now have access into Jesus's way of life. But this way of life, it's talked about in the Sermon on the Mount. It's beautiful. It's hard. It's compelling. It's meaningful. But there seems to be like one great threat to this way of life that rises above the rest. It seems to be this thread that Jesus is going to regularly talk about in his ministry that, that is going to really, really try to deceive you and get in the way of you living the life that Jesus is laying out for us in the Sermon on the Mount. What is that thing? Things. <laughs> Money. Treasure. Things. <clears throat> and so I want you to look at with me with uh, verse 19 of Matthew chapter 6. Turn there with me. Um, Pastor Craig and I, we actually have one point in this entire sermon. Uh, we were going through this text and we're like, there's just one thing that Jesus wants to say to us. And it's really simple. What you do with your treasure transforms your heart. As we get through this text, that point is going to become even more and more clear. What you do with your treasure transforms your heart. Verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves, what's the word? Treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. Now, uh, we got to pause. I'm just going to stop you every once in a while, okay? Because if you are a Jew who lives under what's called the Old Covenant. This is the way of life before Christ. There was an Old Covenant law, 613 laws that the Jewish people had to live by. There was, there was a promise, and you need to hear me very carefully because if you miss what I'm saying, you could walk out of here and do a lot of dumb things, okay? There was a promise in this old covenant that if you were faithful, God would bless the nation with wealth, okay? That if you obeyed under this old covenant, that the nation would prosper, now, the reason Jesus was, God the Father was doing this is because Israel, this nation that had this law, existed to be an incubator of culture to prepare for the Messiah. Once the Messiah came, things changed. That's why once Jesus came, there's a new way of life or a new covenant or a new law. Uh, but one of the things you have to understand is that in this old covenant, there was a promise that wealth was not bad. In fact, wealth was seen as a sign of blessing for people who would obey God. Fast forward to the 21st century, and you will find all over the place health and wealth churches. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? You go to their church, and they tell you, if you are, um, <clears throat> if you are faithful, God will bless you financially. Here's the problem. That is not 